Hey, hey, you, how you doing today? Welcome back to the Beautifully Built Podcast. I am your host, Melissa Impet. I am just absolutely speechless. And you guys know I interview quite a few people and there's not many people that leave me speechless. But today's guest, her story and just everything she's working through and growing through right now just left me so incredibly speechless and grateful that she's just so willing to show up and be so raw and just tell us the real life. What's going on behind the scenes? Especially these days with social media, everyone has like this perfect life, picture perfect life, but everyone has stuff that they're working through. And Carly was so willing to show up for us today and really tell us everything that's been going on in her life leading up to where she is today and why she's so inspired to show up so powerfully in other people's lives and remind them that, you know, when you are willing to change your mindset and change your behaviors, your entire life can change. So I'm really excited to introduce you to Carly. Make sure you connect with her on Instagram and she's got so much stuff up and coming with a podcast and YouTube videos. So enjoy this episode and connect with my girl Carly. Thank you, Carly. P.S. This is more of an R-rated episode. So I know some of you have been listening to this with your kids, but this might be a good one to listen to on your own. Just a little heads up. Enjoy the episode. Hi, my name is Carly Minton. I am 20 years old. Um, Get out of here. You're only 20. Yeah, I'm only 20. I would <laughs> 20. never have guessed that. Wow. Yeah. Um, I get that a lot. I take that as a compliment, so thank yeah, you very you much. Um, yeah, I, I am I am only 20. Uh, you know, I experienced a lot of struggles in my younger years and learned from that as a young age, so I didn't have to be one of those 30-year-olds just getting their life together. So, um you know, it really started for me back when I was about 13, in eighth grade, actually, and I was never good at sports growing up. I always wanted to be. My brother was really good at sports. He was always like the sports star, but I played instruments growing up. I did piano for like five years. I did flute for two years. I did voice lessons. Mm. I actually almost went on the voice at one time, but wow. I, um, I bitched out because I let self-doubt get to me, so I didn't actually go for it, oh. but... I really wanted to be athletic and I tried sports and I was just never good at it. I would like hit the ball for the other team and <laughs> it was just all bad. So um, I started running. I was always running. just goalie. I would just like hide in the goal whenever I had to play sports. Yeah. Yeah. Even with goalie, like I remember I would catch the ball and like one time someone kicked it through my arms and like still got it in. I was so devastated. I was like, oh my God. <laughs> um, it just, it wasn't my calling. So um <laughs> At one point, I just started running. Um, running for me, you know, I grew up in a pretty, um, like, externally, our family seemed, like, really good. Like, you know, my dad had a good job. We always had food on the table, had a roof over our head. We would go on vacations when I was younger. But um, internally, there was a lot of traumas and stuff going on. Um, my brother uh, was in and out of jail. My parents um, were a little more broken, but for some reason still together and mm. there's just a lot of things going on at home that I didn't want to be home for so I'd run and I would leave and just run for miles and miles wow so and, that was like um, almost your escape kind of yeah it started becoming that for me and um then I got into swim my freshman year of high school and you know you're in a bikini for swim you're wearing your suit and I started getting a little more body conscious and I developed bulimia and um, the bulimia actually, it was worse for probably the first like three and a half years, but it actually stuck with me until like last summer wow. was the last time I finally, that was the last time I like purged and like threw up and whatever. Um, so that stuck with me for a while, but 
it developed my like freshman year of high school when I started swim and bulimia isn't just like throwing up it's also like just binging burning extra calories in any way possible you know yeah Mm -hmm. yeah so I would go to the gym after school every day. Um, then from that, I would go to swim practice for two hours. Jeez. And then I'd get home from swim practice, and I would run, like, three-plus miles. And, oh, my um, gosh. How are you still standing? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. Because all I would have throughout the day is, like, a granola bar and an apple. Jeez. And so I was, like, kind of anorexic, kind of bulimic. And um, I was getting, like, skinny how I wanted to be. Because I've always had this very, like, extremist, addictive personality and so um, I wanted to be the skinniest girl. I couldn't just be skinny. I had to be the skinniest girl. That was, like, my goal in my head. And um, that went on for a couple years. Then I also started getting into drugs and partying and seeking validation from guys. I started mm-hmm. sleeping around a lot. So I was just avoiding being home in any way possible, whether that was being at the gym for like six plus hours a day with like swim practice and running. I would injure myself, but I didn't care because I didn't want to be home. So then being at my house, um, I started going out all the time. I would sneak out of my house. I'd go to parties. I'd go stay at guys' houses all the time. And um, I absolutely. So I have hated a question. Were you school. like, would you, were, would you say that you were like, kind of searching for like that approval? Because oh, I, yeah. I did the oh, same yeah. thing. I went through that same phase. Probably. Did you say this was like what? How old did you say this was? Um, it all started for me when I was about fourteen. Yeah, me too. I started so. really young too, and and I was constantly like doing things to like re- really disrespect myself because I didn't know how to love myself. So I was like trying to make other people love me. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. You know, and I told myself like, oh, I'm working out. I love myself, but I was lying to myself. You know, I was seeking lust Mm -hmm. um, from so many other people. And, you know, like I said, like I wasn't getting that acceptance at home. My mom was super controlling. My dad was very absent. Um, And so I seeked like validation from men, which was from how Mm -hmm. I looked. So I had that bulimia and I would work out and it Mm -hmm. made people like me for how I looked. And People Gosh, really so many people can me. resonate with that, though. It's it's unfortunate, but wow, what, how powerful. Yeah, it's like um, that acceptance, like you said. Like a lot of people crave that, especially nowadays with like social media. Yeah. People crave even more. So when I train my clients, like I walk into work looking disgusting because I'm like, <laughs> I want them to be so comfortable just being who the fuck they are and not yes. feeling like they have to crave that, you know? Yeah. So, um, yeah, and that went on for quite a while until I started competing when I was 17. And that taught me how to approach fitness in a healthy way. And Mm -hmm. it slowly started bringing me out of my addiction because, you know, you can't drink, you can't do all that um, while you're competing. So I kind of got out of it a little bit better. I still did drugs. I still slept around a lot. um, But I stopped the eating disorder temporarily. And it was just like calmed down a lot when I started Mm -hmm. competing. And then after my first show, my eating eating disorder relapsed. I got deeper into drugs. I was in a relationship at the time and I would like lie to him and like not tell him what I was doing. Mm -hmm. Um, And like, he was very controlling too. So I still wasn't getting that acceptance that I wanted, even though it kind of like seemed like it externally. Mm -hmm. Um, And things just kind of just back and forth for a really long time. And then I left for college and um, I knew my first semester did not want to be in college. But I stayed in it because I was getting support from my parents financially, and I didn't know what else I wanted to do with my life, mm-hmm. so I just stuck with it. And I had no real, like, long-term goals. Um, and my depression and anxiety got really bad 
really, really bad. And then me and my ex broke up and things got worse. And um, he knew I partied a lot and was into drugs a lot and slept around a lot before. And it calmed down a lot more when I was with him. Um, But then after we broke up, it got a ton worse. And um, my thing that I struggled with the most after that was sex addiction, because that was like, you know, that validation, I still seeked it, and I wasn't getting it. And I was in school, not even doing what I wanted with my Mm -hmm. life. And I knew I wasn't doing what I wanted with my life. But um, I switched majors around a lot. I like switched to engineering major because my dad's an engineer. So I was like, okay, maybe he'll accept me then. Um, And then I would seek validation from other men and go and sleep around. I would like literally go to like grocery stores and find like random guys, or I'd go pick someone up from the gas station because I'm a cute girl. It's easy for me. So it was, um, Mm. my gosh, you have done just like so, so much like soul work, you know, to recognize a lot of this because a lot of these instances, like people might be like, oh my gosh, that was me too. Oh my gosh, me, that was me too. And they didn't even realize that that's like such a part of their story that they really need to be like working through. Yeah. Um, I'm recently like fully sober. And so I've been working through the 12 steps and that's like helped me come to terms with accepting a lot of these things. It's probably given you a lot of tools too, right? Yeah. Oh yeah, totally. And just allowed me to help other people more because of what I'm learning through it. Um, and that was actually like the time my sex addiction was the worst was like, uh, 2017, like winter fall time. Um, Mm you know, there, I was struggling with things a bit. And then there was this guy, of course, and I just fell way too head over heels for him because we just connected on this level I never had with anyone before. It was literally, we talked for like two weeks and then he just stopped talking to me one day. He like ghosted me, which is really common nowadays. And I just let that affect me way more than it needed to. And I went around, that's when my sex addiction got really bad, just sleeping with anything and everything, um, out of like resentment. I was like, Oh, F this guy, like, I'm going to go sleep with everyone out of, like, resentment, which is only harming me. Um, And then I was still doing drugs at the time. Like, my thing was ecstasy and cocaine, um, Mm. just not as intensely. And this one shit gets, like, really deep. So a couple months later, after my sex addiction I was struggling with, I found out that I have herpes. And that was something that was really, really hard for me to swallow because sex was the thing that always validated me. That was the thing that made me feel that acceptance. I thought, you know, like that was connection to me, having that physical aspect. I didn't see love in my home growing up. So I always told myself love is a social disease and sex is something physical. You can actually feel it and do it. So I'm like, okay, that's what connection is to me. And when that was kind of like taken away from me from finding that out, I had too good of a heart to just blatantly give that to anyone Um, my depression got a lot worse and then I turned to drugs Mm. and it got a lot deeper into the drugs. Um, so like I was sleeping with random guys every night, I just started doing drugs every night, just sitting in my room at my house. I wouldn't even go out to like party and do them. I would just do them by myself and just like, Carly, your story is incredible. (laughs) The fact that you're Um, so open and transparent too, like I really, really appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you. Um, I mean, it's like you said, it's been a lot of soul searching to accept a lot of those things, but I've realized like how many people can relate to a lot of the heavy shit that a lot of people don't talk about. And yeah, um, my thing is these to, days, right? It's all like, it's all like this perfect life on Instagram. And it's, it's so cool to just hear this real stuff. Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of the goal is to like kind of normalize the stuff that's become unnormal to talk about, even though it's so common, like most of the population has herpes. Most people just aren't comfortable talking about it. Mm -hmm. And it's so stigmatized that it like 
I know how I felt finding that out. And I never want to have to see another person feel that way yeah. or be so uneducated that they just go out sleeping with random people. Cause I don't know who I got it from, but it doesn't matter. What matters is that like, I've learned from that. And now obviously I'm a lot safer um, with those kinds of things. But um, I mean, it made me more depressed and get into the drug addiction, which of course only made that disease come out worse in me, which made me more depressed. And it got to a point where um, I actually went to Costa Rica last year, a trip just like for myself. I went alone and just like traveled that country alone. And um, it was a very eye-opening trip for me. I remember my last two days, my depression got so bad. I didn't go anywhere. I didn't go on any hikes the last two days. I just laid in bed and I was like, what the fuck am I doing? Like, I'm not doing what I want with my life. I've switched around majors so many times. I haven't stuck with anything. And I was thinking, you know, the one thing that I love is fitness. I want to do something with that. And I did not believe in myself one bit to do anything with that. So I get back from Costa Rica. I quit my job as a trainer because I knew that I was doing a lot of drugs. I was so unhealthy. Like, who am I to go tell these other people to live a healthy lifestyle when I can't even do that for myself? So I quit my job as a trainer and um, I started doing muscle worship. <laughs> so things got worse. <laughs> um, and muscle worship, for those of you that don't know what it is, it's, no, it's a I sex industry know, job. It's a sex industry job. Um, you know, you can actually have sex with the guys. That's how I justified it for myself. Yeah. Well, I'm not having sex with them. It's okay. But you deal with some really creepy shit. Wait, what is it pay you a lot of money. Say it again? Muscle worship? Huh. Muscle worship. Never heard of it. So since, um, again, validating myself for my body, I didn't want to have sex mm -hmm. with people and give them herpes. So I was like, okay, I'll do this, you know. And they pay anywhere from like $300 to $1,000 an hour. And it's like a fetish thing. So they like really muscular women, which is what I was. And um, they pay you to either like they're either into like domination so they want to be dominated by a really muscular girl so i would get paid to just like beat the crap out of like really old men they'd <laughs> order a hotel they'd go to the hotel i would like I beat them you. up That's wrestle them story. yeah like in freaking bikinis like a lot of uncomfortable stuff that i like yeah. justified because uh, mm -hmm. i wasn't actually having sex with them or there's guys that are into sensual stuff so they'd like want to watch you like do your poses and your posing suit and they'd like rub oil on you and whisper like really creepy things in your ear and like um so I did that for a while and I was doing drugs a lot and then I finally was like I need to do something for myself like I still didn't believe in myself but I was like I really need to do something for myself so I started prep for a couple shows last year I was like, I need to do this because bodybuilding in the past is what kind of like helped calm things down. And I knew that. So it's like, I knew to do something for myself. Is it the routine? Is that what it was? Like it got you into such a structured routine that you really had something to like focus on? Totally. It gives yeah. you a goal to work towards, which yep. I didn't have goals. Mm -hmm. And it gives you a more disciplined lifestyle. You know, you kind of have no choice except for to have that discipline to live that lifestyle. And, um, for the first few weeks of that prep, you know, I always tried to, and this is true throughout my whole life until now, I always tried to hold on to the good and the bad. But in reality, you can really only have one. Mm -hmm. And so I was still trying to hold on to the good and the bad during that. And the first like six weeks of that prep, I was still doing drugs all the time. I was still selling myself for money because I was like, cool, now I need the money for the show. So I have to do this, justifying mm -hmm. it again, mm -hmm. um, justifying doing drugs because ecstasy is like, you can still do ecstasy and coke and be on prep. <laughs> and you know not mess with your diet or not training. mess with the diet yeah <laughs> yeah so um then it got to the point where I was having such severe health problems yeah I um I was like all right I I can't do this anymore and I picked bodybuilding I was like I either pick the drugs or bodybuilding and luckily I love bodybuilding more than anything that's more of an addiction for me that I um uh, I picked bodybuilding and um I ended up doing those shows and 
actually like a couple weeks out, I think I was like three weeks out is when I actually met Fetty. And um, I tell him this all the time. Like I seriously thank him so much because I did not know who the hell he was. He did not know who I was except for some person on Instagram. I met him for the first time. And our first time meeting, he was like, oh, yeah, you're going to go somewhere like two years from now. Like you got a lot of potential, not just in bodybuilding. Like I can see you like creating something big with business, Mm -hmm. whatever. And I was like, really? Like I was so depressed at that time. Like he didn't know it then, but I was so depressed. I hated myself. After I met him, I actually went and did a muscle worship session to like go make money. And I was just in a very terrible place. And hearing that from someone that didn't know me from Mm -hmm. Adam, because like my friends, my parents could tell me all the time. But yeah, someone that like didn't even know me, like believed in me. It just kind of like sparked this like change in thinking for me. And after those shows, um, I cried. I cried after both of my left by myself and I cried and I was like, this is so selfish. This isn't doing anything for anyone else. And literally I think about what he said to me every single day. And after those shows, I thought about that. I was like, okay, I am a good athlete, but like, I can be more than that. Someone else sees it in me. I need to start seeing that in myself. So after those shows, I just started talking. I'm going to start a business. I'm going to start a business. Like, I had no idea what the hell I was going to do yet. I just started talking about it. My parents came to visit. I was like, yeah, I'm going to start a business. And they're like, no, you're not, whatever. And I was like, I'm going to start just, like, talking about it everywhere. Kind of about, like, speaking it into existence. Yeah, I was just going to say that. Speaking it into existence. Hell yeah. 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 And um, I kind of started figuring out what I wanted to do with my life. That was something I never asked myself, what I wanted out of life. You know, I was like, what do I even want out of life? Like, what are where do I see myself in five years? I'd never thought long-term and thinking in business, I started to think long-term. Um, so I started college last semester, last fall. And again, I just, I noticed I started getting really depressed really fast. And that always happened with school because it wasn't helping me do what I wanted to do. And since at that point I actually knew what I wanted out of life and what I wanted to do, I was like, this isn't getting me there. This is making things worse for me. So I, thought about like okay I need to start believing in myself again like changing my way of thinking and I was like all right I believe in myself that I can start a business so I'm not waiting anymore I'm going to do it so I dropped out of school I saw an opportunity to start going the direction that I wanted to go I hired a marketing coach and I started working at self-made in Costa Mesa and um, I did the damn thing I dropped out I had that point had to fully support myself financially my parents stopped helping me Um, and I just, I just went for it. I had no money to my name because I had to pull all my stocks out. Uh, luckily I invested when I was 18, so I had the money to do this, but I had to pull my stocks out, pay my parents back for school. I had to start paying all my bills, which is in Orange County is super expensive. Mm -hmm. And, um, I, I started that. And at the time I got very overwhelmed (laughs) because obviously I was putting a lot on my plate. That's a big lifestyle change right there. Mm Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And the overwhelming thing just caused me to start using again and doing drugs Mm -hmm. more. And, um, I was, again, I was like, shit, I'm going down the same path. I was like, I have this business now. I know what I want to do, but I still, I'm trying to hold on to the bad. So about a month later, um, Fetty was like, I was already coaching with him at that point. We'd started working together like about a month prior. And he was like, yeah, this show, like, I keep thinking you can be ready by then. And I was like, no, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. I don't have the money for it. I'm broke right now. He's like, well, I think you can be ready if you can make it happen. So uh, a month went by. I started doing drugs all the time. I was like, okay, if I stop spending money on drugs. And but I was like, I'd probably do this show. So I was like, screw it. I'm going to do the show. I'm going to do the show. So that week I started prep for that show. I also made the decision to go 100% sober. Um, and it just, again, sparked just this big change in my life. You know, through that prep 
and also going sober at the same time, also being newly out of dropping out of school and starting a business. The first like month of that prep was so mentally challenging. My workouts sucked. Um, I was still on point with diet, but it's just like my training sucked. I had no mental energy. And then about six weeks into that prep, I started really working on myself aside from just cutting out the drugs and the alcohol and the unhealthy sex um i really started working on myself and meditating every day and writing every day and reading every day started going to aa i started working with a sponsor um and mentally i started noticing i got a lot stronger and because i was getting mentally stronger the prep started kicking in to gear a little bit more and um i was very vulnerable throughout this whole time i shared everything on my instagram because i was like you know what? i know i can help a lot of people that have been through similar things, you know, so I shared about the STD, I shared about working in the sex industry, I shared about going sober, I shared about dropping out of school and taking control of my life, I shared about all these things, because I was like, I know there's a lot of people that can relate to this. And I shared about how depressed I got through the prep, starting it out sober, and that being so hard for me, that was the longest I'd been sober in like six years. And um, I did relapse at one point, but the relapse I used to make me stronger, the relapse I used to learn from. And you know, these past, like, I'm 25 days fully sober now. Um, these past 25 days is when I've seen so much growth in myself that I don't even recognize myself. I really don't. And wow. going into that show, knowing I had shared everything and how hard it had been and everything I had gone through leading up until that show and then coming out winning the overall, like I said, it wasn't about the win for me. It was about the message I was able to share that, like, I was going through a lot of shit mentally, but I still Seriously. was able to accomplish something that, I never would have believed in myself to be able to do. And that was so that worth every so bit of struggle powerful. for me. Yeah. Jeez, Carly. I don't even know. You have, you left me speechless over here. <laughs> Seriously. It's just, it's so inspiring to see, you know, that, that a, you're just like, you're so sound in, in, the fact that your life is on such a new journey that you're willing to share this with people. And it's really cool because so many people are so ashamed that they almost like hide. You yeah. know what I mean? And it's like yeah. the fact that you're so open, you're so real, you're so transparent. I feel like it, it probably helps you realize like, re I need to be this voice for people. It does. It really does. Cause like you said, like I used to be ashamed too. I was ashamed for years and years and years. And, um, I was functioning when I was an addict, you know, I still got A's in school. I still paid the things I needed to pay for. Um, and I just, I wanted people to see me as this person, even though I could still have all this bad shit I was doing, mm. but now it's like, people are seeing me as this person. And I actually am that person. I'm that person. I always could be and was meant to be I just never saw myself as that I never believed in myself I always doubted myself so much I did everything out of resentment towards others which does nothing but hurt me I was ashamed of who I was because I knew I wasn't the person that I wanted people to see me as and now it's entirely flipped and um, just being able to be vulnerable like you said it not only helps me to help others but it helps me yeah. accept who I am mm-hmm amazing. So I was just watching your story before we started recording. And I love the fact that you do so much journaling because everyone on the Beautifully Built podcast knows that I'm always talking about journaling. So tell us a little bit about that and how that's really helped you. Because I was watching your story today and how you just, you write about your emotions throughout the day, how you're feeling throughout the day. So I'd love to hear more about that. Yeah. So I carry this little notebook with me in my purse. I have journals for everything under the sun. Um, but the one I carry with me in my purse is just like my thoughts throughout the day kind of thing. Mm. So 
as I think things throughout the day, whether it be the smallest little thought or I hear something on a podcast that resonates with me, or I think something like um, some emotion I'm feeling, especially if it's an extreme emotion, because extreme emotions you can always use as a teacher for that situation versus just dwelling that emotion. You know, use that extreme emotion, whether it's happiness, sadness, anger, to teach you something. So I'll write those things down throughout the day. And um, that is something I started 25 days ago when I did like relapse and then after be like fuck this I'm not doing that again I'm learning from that I'm going fully sober so my sponsor had me start doing that and I'm so glad he did because I look at the things that I was writing my thoughts 25 days ago versus the things I write today and like I really I don't even recognize myself like the change I've made in like less than a month's time I'm just like the things I used to write were so dark and like very very sexual sex addiction was like my biggest struggle and um, now I write things about like how I'm excited to help other people and excited to go to church and like it's it's just really cool to see and I totally recommend doing one of those journals for like your thoughts throughout the day because of the fact that when you put pen to paper things stick with you more versus if you just think it your thoughts come and go all the time like you don't remember everything you think like the capacity your brain has to remember things is so small versus all the things you actually think so if you write down those things that are a little more prominent and then you go back and look at them you can be like damn like I'm really changing it actually does help to ignite a change in your way of thinking that helps you to grow so whatever you're dealing with whether it be addiction you know not loving yourself um even if you're trying to start a new workout routine or whatever it may be that you're struggling with just start writing stuff down write down your thoughts on that thing specifically write down thoughts on how you feel when other people talk to you you know the energy you get around certain people and just day by day you'll start to notice the changes that that's having in your way of thinking which changes your way of being Mm, I love that because I'm a big journaler like first thing in the morning or at night, but I've never done throughout the day like that. So I really like that. That's cool. I'm going to definitely implement that and give it a try. Yeah. Then you get to write like when you're having that emotion, like in that emotion, which Mm. I think is really cool. Yeah, that's so powerful. Cool tip. I really appreciate that. So where can everyone connect with you? Where can they find you hanging out? Um, right now, mostly on Instagram. I am yeah. all over that damn thing. So yeah. if you check out Misfit Carls on Instagram, it's like a play on words, Misfit, but it's I like Misfit Carls. Um, I think I'm really funny. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I'm going to start podcasting myself, actually. Um, I'm going to put those on YouTube as well. I've tried blogging. I absolutely hate blogging so much. Me I would too. I'm post. so bad at it. <laughs> I like stories. That's about it. Yeah, exactly. To me, it doesn't have as much value. I'd rather post YouTube videos of me sharing, you know, what I learned from my experience through depression, what I've learned from like reading stuff on addiction and stuff like that. So I'm going to start doing um, more YouTube videos, podcasts, and just look out for the Misfit Carl's tag name because that's what I'll be using on everything. Cool. That's so exciting. Awesome. So before we kind of wrap things up, you gave so much advice, but what is like one last piece of advice that you could leave everybody with? The one piece of advice I would say is to never stop working on yourself in all forms, like mentally, emotionally, spiritually, physically, because that is all going to shape who you are as a person. And it all starts in your mind, Mm -hmm. anything you want to do. So if you can work to really master your own mindset and understand your own mindset and grow in that way, you will notice that every other area of your life grows because so many people just settle for, you know, these influences society has on them that they don't even realize. But if you can take that solitude and that time to yourself to understand your own mindset and where you're at, your life is going to actually start going in a direction that you want it to. Yeah. 
so true. So powerful. Thank you so much for coming on and just seriously being so real and so open. It's, it's just such a breath of fresh air hearing people that are so willing to really talk about their struggles and how they're really turning like the tragedies into their life into a triumph. So I'm super excited for you. I can't wait to continue watching your journey. Thanks so much for coming on. Thank you. Thank you for having me, Melissa. Yeah, of course. I'm sure there's parts of Carly's story that just really hit home and resonated with some of you. So I just want to end this episode with a little reminder that no matter what you're going through right now or what you're growing through right now, you're not stuck there forever, especially if you're willing to do something about it and seek help and guidance. Fetty was one of her coaches who believed in her more than she believed in herself at the time. And because of that, she was able to change the entire trajectory of her life. And we want to be able to help you do the same. So sometimes it does take that courage to step out of your comfort zone and seek guidance. But please know that if you are willing to make a change to your lifestyle, your entire life can change. So thank you guys so much for tuning into this episode and I will catch you on the next show. Mwah!